I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence, and you're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is James Hudson-Dale, new partner sales at ID Now, one of Europe's leading identity verification platforms. James, am I who I say I am, and how do I find out? I guess that is a, a question that is not easily answered in, in today's state of affairs. I believe it's certainly easy to replicate someone's identity. However, I can see you on the camera as well as a brief introduction before we started. So I, I do believe that you are who you say you are. It was a bit of an existential question to begin with. Yeah. But what's the service you're offering at the moment? We're a, a relatively young company, a, a German company founded back in 2014. There was a, a definite need for uh, a way of authenticating people onto a platform back then but not doing that in, a, in an environment where you had to physically present your documents. And that was the concept of, uh, of what we know today as automated identity or uh, automated document verification. Interestingly, though, albeit I, I use the term automated, our first product was a video-based where it's assisted by an agent, and that still exists today. But our leading product is probably the auto-ident solution. We have customers in most geographical locations. We have upwards of 600 customers across the globe, and we process identity documents from over uh, 700 types. Are you actually ahead of or behind the regulatory framework? Because it does seem to me that, I don't mean behind in a bad way, but are you in, in tune with the regulatory framework or are you bumping up against it? Because it seems to me that regulation is not always keeping pace with the developments that technology presents. Interesting question. I think since Brexit, it's become quite apparent the difference between what Europe sees as identity verification and how the regulator handles that and permits certain methods. Whereas uh, there's a distinct difference between where the UK are currently playing catch up, in my opinion. I think RegTech is a relatively new phrase, perhaps dating back to as close as 2017, which is what, four or five years ago? Whereas I mentioned that we were founded in 2014. The concept was born in 2013. So I think certainly in Germany, we've worked closely with the regulators since the, the very beginnings. Whereas in the UK, what I'm trying to do and part of my role is to build out those relationships. Earlier this year, there was uh, an announcement around the, the government's intention to build an identity or a digital identity framework, which I'm hoping to, to have some input towards over the, the, the next 12 to 18 months, which is where the, the UK are trying to play catch-up, I guess, with what Europe are, are already doing today. And that's quite an interesting, I guess, comparison to where the European regulators are far more on the ball, if you if you consider what, what we're currently doing and how we see identity verification today, which is very much database-driven or a, a check that's done, a manual check in person. Is this something that has the imperative has changed as a result of the pandemic? My belief, there are a lot of businesses that have grown exponentially over the last 12 to 18 months that have taken advantage of already capable solutions in order to onboard customers that during the pandemic have highlighted where other industries are falling behind. So if you take, for example, the challenger banks or the gaming industry, have already for years had to be innovative in the way that they onboard customers because they don't necessarily have a physical location like a challenger bank is online only or the gaming industry of course they want 
be able to allow people to bet or gamble as quickly as they possibly can. Because of the pandemic, all of a sudden, the bricks and mortar world are having to sit up and almost try and replicate what those challenger organizations or market leaders, if you like, with regards to gaming, what they've done. Now, personally, I've had a lot of frustration during the pandemic. For example, I was married at the end of uh, 2019. Coming into 2020, I wanted to change my name on my, my credit card. But I can't do that online. I have to physically go into branch and present them with a marriage certificate and an updated copy of ID. Whereas I can quite easily now go online and open up a, a new account with one of the challenger online banks and I can scan a copy of my passport and I don't even have to leave my office. Is there not a privacy issue with all this data flying about? I would argue that when you're in control of your own identity in your own environment, you're less susceptible to fraud. I feel equally as in control of my data in uh, using my mobile device to walk through a process, if you like, using an app and verify my identity than I would walking into a bank and handing over a document that could quite easily be a fraudulent document. Another example, during the, the course of the last 12 months, I became uh, an additional account holder to an account. And the person behind the counter was happy that the person adding me onto the account was who I said I was. Whereas if that, that process were to have been done online, I would have had to naturally provide some form of uh, documentation to verify who I am. I believe, I firmly believe that document verification should form part of every major transaction or every new account opening, especially in today's age. I think data-based decision-making, there's a place for that in our industry or certainly in regulated markets. But in the same breath, I know details of my brother-in-law. And as much as I am a law-abiding citizen, there are people out there that aren't that take the opportunity to harness information from people on uh, things like social media. They'll put quizzes on there, they'll ask people to regale what their first pet was called and which high school they went to. But these are all online fraudsters that are genuinely gleaming information in order to create false identities and exploit businesses that aren't doing thorough checks. Yes, you touched the nail there. There is, there is a level at which security is the responsibility of the organisation, but there is also a level at which security is the responsibility of the individual. And as individuals, generally, we are falling woefully short of protecting ourselves. Absolutely. And it does beg the question, though, where that ownership sits and what businesses can do ahead of any regulatory change in order to, A, protect their own, but also in the same breath, provide a level of confidence to the consumer. As an example, you know, if you're creating a new account for an online shopping experience, if, if you like, and you're spending significant amounts of money, or it's a credit-based account. So for example, you know, one of the large high street shops has a credit facility where you can create an account online and get that delivered. But we all know how easy it is to intercept mail. And especially if you're not doing any document-based verification checks, anyone could do that so long as they know your name and some basic information about you. Where do you see the market going particularly within financial institutions, for what you're doing? I believe that 
what we will see in the next three to five years is uh, an online digital identity, similar to what was announced recently from from the EU, but also what the the UK government have, have outlined earlier this year, whereby you will own a digital identity and you will give permission for that to be used in certain circumstances using biometrics or a PIN number on your device. And that online identity will be stored on a device that, and you can only uh, release that as and when it's requested. I just have a vision suddenly of an online AI with my identity saying, no, don't let him have that credit card. He doesn't need another one. That's what happens these days, certainly with the database checks, which I still think will form a very valid part of a customer onboarding journey, whereby those kind of decisions are, are, are made based on the risk that you pose. But I also think that in scenarios whereby you know, I've lost a credit card, to be able to confirm that it's me that's requesting a replacement as a consumer, I feel much more comfortable saying, you know, here's my driving license. I don't mind scanning that. In the same breath, you may have forgotten your password to your government gateway when you're doing your annual assessment, your tax return. Is it right to then have to request that and then wait 10 days for that to come through the post? Or is it much more secure to use your digital identity or a document-based verification check? I can see one issue which I'm going to put to you, and that is looking particularly at the financial services sector, financial inclusion. It's quite difficult enough to open a bank account now or to indeed get credit of any form. A lot of people don't have access to the documentation, generally speaking, that would work as proof of identity. How do we get around that? So I guess... There are two strands that I'd like to take that question down. One is around digital inclusion and one around the ability to prove who you are using a digital identity. So the government in their initial alpha phase have outlined that what they would do is almost allow you where you don't have those documents to get almost like a a referral from a recognized professional who would be issued with a link to verify that they know who you are. So, for example, you could verify your identity through a solicitor or through your doctor or, you know, in the same way that right now you can ask someone who has a a relative profession to sign your passport picture. That would happen with a digital identity. So someone else could verify that for you on your behalf. But then on the other side, around the digital inclusion element, it ties in quite nicely with the video-based agent-assisted verification method that we currently do. And we have customers that use that because it's more digitally inclusive, whereby you'll be connected with an agent that explains the process to you in your language and talks you through the process and allows you to, I guess, do that in a, in a more inclusive way than you would with a smartphone. And that is available online as well as, uh, or should I say, using a webcam or a, a computer as well as it would be through a mobile phone. James Hudson-Dale, New Partner Sales at ID Now. Thank you very much.